Thank you, Joel. ¿Quién quiere café con leche? Un pedazo de queso en el costado. <laughs> no, we want to thank all of you for coming this morning and also for everyone that's watching through the live stream as well. We're excited to kick off our new um, series, which is the miracle of giving. Um, so we are officially starting that today. I know it's amazing when we think about our childhood and growing up in our neighborhoods. And we try to think about the things that we did when we were kids. I know now a lot of kids, um, they're, they're stuck on their iPads or on their phones or playing video games. But I remember clear as day things that we, we, we would just do in the neighborhood. And one of the things I did, and I just don't know if it was just me or anyone else here ever did that. And I'm praying so hard that there's someone here that did this as well. Because if not, you may want to sentir un poquito loquito. I'm going to think I'm a little crazy. But when I was young and I used to ride the bike in the neighborhood, once in a while something would happen. And I'm going to show you a picture of what would happen in the back right here. In tres segundos, three, two, one. It's coming. I believe it is. It's the main picture, the first picture I have. I think it's there. Okay, it's not. No, oh, well, yes it is. Okay, do you, do you see what's there? A beautiful rainbow. Now, what do you think little Carlito would do whenever he would see a rainbow? I would eat the Skittles. Uh, you know, es porque tengo un poco de chichos, you know, no. Uh, no, I wouldn't eat the Skittles, but most people, if they see a rainbow, they would just sit there and admire, be like, oh, what a beautiful rainbow. What does Carlos want to do? I want to find the treasure at the end of the rainbow. I want to find that treasure. So I literally used to get into, on my bike, ride around the neighborhood, and I would spend easily an hour trying to find the end of the rainbow. Now, mind you, that could get a little dangerous when it's going past one and nine and you're a kid, but you're willing to do whatever it takes to find this rainbow to the very end to find the treasure. Now, I'm still looking for that treasure. So just in case, if anyone finds it, you know, no, no, I'm joking. But has anyone here ever looked to the end of the rainbow trying to find treasure? Okay, okay, uh, I'm not the only one that needs a little extra prayer after service. Everyone raising hands after prayer, meet us by the cross, and we'll pray for you guys. But definitely, it was something I remember whenever, oh, what was this? <laughs> Ed just threw some coins at me. It's the treasure I've been looking for. And, and, Ed, and the funny part about this is that these coins are actually from Cuba. Um, just want to let you know that was not planned at all. And right, I'm trying to think of my next point, and I see something flying towards me uh, while I'm teaching. So, you know, it, uh, but these are coins from Cuba. Anytime um, Ed ends up finding any coins from Cuba, he always gives it to me. 
Uh, I usually then give it to my mom so that she could see it too, but esto no tiene valor de nada. You know, it doesn't have much value. There's no, there's no treasure. I can't even buy like Skittles with these. I want some Skittles at least. But check this out. Obviously, we're not chasing after a treasure like, you know, like in the end of a rainbow, but without question, at one point or another, or even right now, this moment, every single person here is chasing after a treasure. You're chasing after a treasure. There's something that caught your eye. There's something that caught your heart, something that caught your mind, your soul, your spirit, and you're chasing after that. And I want you to think about what are the treasures you're um, chasing after. There's going to be a slide behind me right now, too. It says, what are the treasures that you're chasing after? I'm not going to tell you to share it out loud. I'm not going to tell you to share it with your wife or your husband. This is for you to reflect in your own heart. You're chasing after something. So what are you chasing after? Some of us are chasing after money. Some of us are chasing after material things. Some of us are chasing after houses. Some of us are chasing after cars. Some of us are chasing just being able to have a really nice retirement. Some of us are chasing after the next diploma. Some of us are chasing after that degree. Some of us are chasing after so many things that life might dangle in front of us. Some of us chase after expensive hobbies. I know people that have hobbies where they spend thousands and thousands of money just on a hobby. There's so many different things that we might chase after and they end up being the treasures within our hearts. Now, something that we need to realize too, and it's going to be a question that's going to be behind me, are your treasures temporary or will they last forever? Because how I said, each one of us, we're chasing after something. We're chasing after something. So what you're chasing after, is it temporary or is it going to last forever? Think about it. Because when you put it from that perspective, is it even worth spending the time and doing everything you're doing for those things if it's only temporary and it's not going to last forever? Something that we all need to realize is that life is short. For every single person here, life is short. Sometimes we think like if you live up to 80 or 90 or 100, it's a long life. Life is still short if you live up to 80, 90. Life is short. It goes by so fast. Like, I can't believe I'm 28 already. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it seems like yesterday I was 21 and now I'm 28. You know, like time just really flies by. But life is definitely, definitely short. And I know like for, for me, I, I do have to say as a pastor, one of the things that we do, we officiate so many funerals throughout our lives. Like throughout my life, I've officiated so many different funerals. And one of the things that I always think about is that when, whenever we have the funeral procession, when you're on your way to the cemetery, the car right bef uh, behind the hearse is the pastor's car. The pastor usually follows the hearse, and then the family goes right afterwards. But out of all the um, funeral pr processions that we ever did, I've never seen a U-Haul truck follow along. Never seen a U-Haul truck. I've never seen a U-Haul truck follow a hearse trying to bring the belongings, the material things, the things that we chase after so much along with the person. 
Now, there's people that have attempted to do this. Some of us might realize uh, ancient Egyptians, they would take, they would have very elaborate burial chambers. And they would actually believe that whatever you would bring into those chambers, you could have with you for the afterlife, okay? That's what the Egyptians believed. Now, they would bring food. You know, they would have bring extra uh, general style chicken, pork for rice. You know, they, they'll bring food that they like. They bring food. They bring furniture. They bring their favorite items, whatever their favorite items would be. They even bring their pets for comfort that they could bring to the afterlife. And for those that are Egyptian kings, they would also have with them pretty much gold or silver boats that were created for them to help them in the journey of their next life. But obviously we know that is impossible and you cannot take anything with you. So when you think about it, why is it that we put our hearts and mind chasing after so many things that are just temporary and you can't take it with you, you could say, and when you think about it as well, Jesus had a lot to say about treasures. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19, you could turn there. It says this, Jesus speaking, he said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and vermin, which pretty much means pests and wild animals, destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then the next statement is so, so powerful. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Think about that. Now, there's three main points I want to bring out from this passage that we just read. And each of us, we have a bulletin in the back. If you have a pen, feel free to take notes and you can write them. The points are going to be behind me as well on the screen. The first one is this. It's your choice. It's your choice. You choose where you will build your treasure. It's your choice. You will choose where you will build your treasure. It's up to you if you want to build treasure here on earth. Or it's up to you if you're going to build treasure up to heaven. Now, there's nothing wrong with liking nice things, let's say. But you need to realize what is it that's captivated your heart. Because God wants us to focus on, on building things and storing treasures in heaven. Right now, at this moment, I wonder if we would do an uh, 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 inventory of your treasures here on earth and your treasures in heaven, I wonder how that would look like. I wonder how much treasures we have in heaven and how much we have here on earth. And obviously God wants us to focus on the things that are permanent, that are forever. The second point I want us to focus on is this. Your treasures in heaven are permanent, how I said, and will last forever. The things that we pretty much buy and the things that we chase after here on this earth is like, they don't last. They're temporary. 
Like, when you think about it, too, it's like your, your jewelry, it, it says in that scripture, it's like where thieves break in. Some of us don't realize if a thief is breaking into your house, the number one place he wants to go to is your bedroom. He wants to go straight to your bedroom to go after your treasures. Whatever jewelry you might have, there are small items that they could put in their pockets so that they could run out and run out with your treasures. And there's people here in this room that you've been victims of someone robbing you, either in your house or in your car or whatever it may be. And when you think about someone robbing you, it's like taking the thing that you chased after, you put so much attention on, all of a sudden it's taken away and someone else has it. But in addition to that, other things that we have that don't last. It's like some of us, some degrees that we've worked so hard for, we might not even have them hanging up. The frame might be broken. It might be crooked. You know what I mean? Like, or a car that you absolutely loved, you don't love no more because, you know, maybe something is wrong with it. It doesn't drive well or it has issues. It has rust. The nicest car you could ever want, eventually after some time, it's not going to be that nice anymore. After some time, it's not going to keep the value it had. I mean, we know, too, that the moment you buy a brand new car and drive it off the lot, it loses so much value. But yet, the moment we have a chance to buy that brand new car, we're excited. We feel as though, like, this is it. We need that brand new car. We roll out of that lot, and it's worth, like, $10,000 less than what you paid for it already. Within, like, seconds of you rolling, you're excited. The dealership is more excited. So when you think about it, the things don't last. But the, the second point, how it says your treasures in heaven are permanent and will last forever. The third point is this. Your heart will be found wherever your treasure is. So here, how the pastor says, for um, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want you to picture your heart. Let's say this is your corazón right here. This is your heart. And it has a, a nice string to it, a rope. And in the end, there's a hook to it. And whatever you're chasing after in your life, your treasures, that hook is to that, that, that um, those things, or who knows, maybe even that person, it's attached to that person. So as you're going through chasing after it, your heart is following that treasure. And when you think about it, if it's material things, if it's, if it's cars, houses, and money, there goes your heart following after that money and distancing itself from God. So I'm going to ask you real quick, again, what are your treasures? What are the things you're chasing after? I know some of us right now, we're, we're thinking of the Sunday school answer. We're really quick. We're like, you know what? You know what, Pastor Carlos? I'm running after Jesus. It's like you're thinking of the Sunday school answer. You're saying Jesus, but are you really? Are you really chasing after Jesus above all? Is Jesus your all in all? Or is Jesus just like something you've added on to your plate of life, but yet he doesn't own everything when it comes to your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit? You see, it boils down to what you value more. And you know how you know what you value more? Is what you spend your most time with. Whatever you spend time with, it shows what you value. 
So what you value more, whatever you spend the most time with, the, what you spend your gifts and your talents with or for, and also, it's also your money, where your money goes. So when you think about your money, your talents, your skills, or also your, um, your giftings, it's like what, whatever you do with these things is an indicator of what you value. And whatever you value is your treasure. It's like when you think about it, if, if you look at your life and see how you spend your time, you spend your money, and you spend your gifts and talents, we could easily see what's the greatest treasures of your life and what's the most important things. So we're going to test. I'm going to give you a little test. You know I love tests. So these are three questions just for you to think. It's, it's like remember what I said, with treasures, your heart follows your treasure. Your heart will be where your treasure is. So I'm curious to see what makes your heart skip a beat more, okay? I know we just recently um, passed by Valentine's Day, and we have some hearts on the cross, too, right there. It's like you, you try to think of what makes your heart skip a beat. And whenever something makes your heart skip a beat, it's really what's really grabbing its attention, the most. Because we end up cultivating our own hearts and lives with what we decide to focus on. So I have three questions for you. They're very simple, but you need to decide and answer this. The first question is going to be behind me. It says this, what would make your heart skip a beat more? Seeing someone that you know come to Jesus or finding a hundred dollar bill on the ground when you walk out of church today? What would make your heart skip a beat more? If all of a sudden you see someone, you know, someone that you know come to know Jesus, surrender their heart to Jesus, how will your heart respond to that? Because if your heart is super excited about that, and you know it's so important it's because you value it, and your heart pretty much follows the treasure, which is Jesus, and you're excited about the things that excites God. But if all of a sudden that $100 bill, if your heart starts getting more excited because you find money, a piece of paper that the world tells you has value, if there's more excitement over that than seeing someone that you know come to the Lord, then there's something wrong with pretty much our heart. So think about it too. Maybe for us, it was an easy question to be like, oh, it's someone I know. It could have been my mom. It could have been my dad. What if it's someone you don't know? Someone you don't know that gives themselves to the Lord or you finding a $100 bill. I'll spice it up a little bit. Or you finding out the moment you step out of church, someone calls you and told you you're going to get a raise at work. What brings more excitement to your heart? Because the whole goal for our lives is to become more like Jesus, and God wants to transform us. And even as I pray during the dedication, we want the things that break God's heart, we want it to break our heart. The things that excite God's heart, we want it to excite our heart. The things that God wants to get done, we want to get done. And without question, God wants to see people lost be found. So we have to look at our hearts. 
So how many of us would want the hundred? No, I'm joking. I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand. Be like, yo, yo, if it was $100.25. No, no. So I'm not going to ask. Now, in Luke 15, verse 7, it says this. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So there you see, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner. One person that decides to give their heart to um, God, there's rejoicing that happens in heaven. Is there rejoicing in our own hearts as well? Because God wants us to have his heart. The second question is this. What would make your heart skip a beat more? Using your gifts and talents to bless and serve others or using your gifts and talents to get paid? And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with, obviously, if you have a job, you're getting paid with your gifts and talents. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying what makes your heart skip a beat more. Whenever, it's really quiet in here. You better not be dormiendo. No one's sleeping, all right? So I'm hoping that you're really thinking about these things. It's like when you think about it, it's like what brings, like what makes your heart skip a beat more? Being able to use your gifts and talents to be really be able to serve and bless someone that can't repay you back. No money back, no nothing back. Or use your gifts and talents to bless even your enemy. Because we already learned that we're supposed to love our neighbor, love our enemies. So it's, or all of a sudden, using our gifts and talents to get paid, to get that paycheck for our gifts and talents. What makes our hearts skip a beat more? Because I really believe that in our hearts, in our lives, we want our heart to beat, have the same rhythm of God's heart. I want to be aligned with God's heart. And I believe that you do too. But what happens so many times that in this life, you know, we get lured away. We get lured away by the things that the world um, dangles before us. And I've mentioned this in the past. The best example, one of the best examples I have is almost like cotton candy. Like cotton candy looks beautiful. It really does. If you don't think cotton candy looks beautiful, we got to pray for you after service too. Join us by the cross. Cotton candy looks beautiful. It tastes amazing at first. But it has absolutely no substance at all, at all. And in the same way, the things that the world dangles in front of us, the treasures that it wants us to chase after, looks beautiful. You know, all of a sudden you think, oh, if I had that, things would be different. But the reality is, how many people we know have so many different things, but their heart is empty? The void that they have is tremendous. And how many of us here have experienced chasing after something so hard with all your heart, mind, and soul just to find yourself saying, hey, I feel completely empty and the void, and I spent so much time after that one thing. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, it says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. It doesn't say, you know, like to serve others and make sure you get a paycheck from it. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. 
If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Are we using our gifts and talents to serve others, to bring glory to God? Does that make you skip a beat in your heart? Or is it the other thing? And this is the third and final question. What would make your heart skip a beat more? On your next day off, spending two hours in God's presence, or bumming around your house and doing absolutely nothing? Some of us, man, doing nothing? It's like, Carlos, how are you going to say doing nothing? I would be watching Netflix. You know, it's like, what do you mean? Like, you know, that's what you're probably you're thinking. What makes your heart skip a beat more? What makes it excited more? It's like, hey, I get to spend two hours, let's say, and some of us might be sitting there, yo, two hours is a long time. I have a five-minute devotional. You know, two hours, you're asking for too much, uh, Pastor Carlos. Imagine two hours in God's presence, shutting out the world, silencing everything, turning off your phone. I know for some of us that might feel like a sin. It's like, what? Turning off my phone? Turning off your phone, getting off social media, locking yourself in a room, taking out your Bible, taking out a journal, putting worship music and saying, God, I'm going to spend two hours with you. And I don't want to leave this room until I encounter you. I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to, into my life. I want you to transform me, uh, me. I want you to change me. And I want to worship you with everything that I have. Or all of a sudden, what excites us the most is not the, the chance that we have to spend time with God, but the chance that we have to not do anything. Just to bum around in the house, watch TV, see how many channels we could end up watching, or even be on our phone. I think one of the scariest things is when you're on the phone, you know when it gives you that notice to tell you how long you've been watching uh, your phone, the display notice? I, th that's a, I get nervous every time I see that thing. Because the moment I see it, I, I know where I'm usually at. And if I spend too much time, I know that I need to curb it back. So all of a sudden you see that it tells you how many hours, how many minutes, how many seconds, how many milliseconds. It tells you like everything. It, tell, it tells you, you you were in your bedroom. With this. No, no, I'm joking. It doesn't give you all those details. But it probably can with the GPS. It'll tell you you were in your car for three hours on your phone. But there it tells you. And you know what's amazing? We don't even think twice about it. We just, it's to us it's normal. We spend hours on our phone. Have we spent one hour alone with God this past week? So what makes our hearts skip a beat more? In Psalm 84, verse 10, it says this, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Then it says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. So I'd rather be a doorkeeper there, opening the door, closing the door, serving everyone else than be in the tents with the wicked, doing what the world does. I'd rather be a doorkeeper there. 
But how it says there, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. We could probably think, if I would have polled all of us in the beginning and be like, hey, if you could do anything you want for a day this year, anything you want, no limits, what would you do? We could probably think of so many different things, you know what I mean? Of what would we want to do? Some of us might think of vacations. We, we would love to go somewhere around the world. We would love to spend time with a specific person or whatever it is. You could think of so many different things. And then here in this verse, it, it clearly says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. You could do a thousand days doing something else. I would rather sp spend one day in God's pretty much presence. Now, what I want, the reason we have the, the, those questions, those three questions, is mainly because I want you to really evaluate your heart. Because what happens, our heart deceives us. A lot of times, our heart makes us believe that we're close to God when we're not. Our heart makes us feel like, you know, everything's good between us and God. Just because maybe you show up to church every Sunday, or maybe you, you open the Bible once in a while, or maybe once in a while there's a, someone on TV um, preaching and you listen to it a little bit, and all of a sudden you think you and God are good, but there's distance between you guys. There's distance between you and God. And God wants you to be close to him. So what makes your heart skip a beat? Is it spending time with God or spending time with what you want or what the world has to offer. You see, I want to get something clear to you guys. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, how I mentioned before, having nice things or liking nice things. What's wrong is when those things have you. That's what's, what's wrong. And the other thing is, too, is when we love the gifts that we get from God more than the giver. If all of a sudden your eyes, your heart, your mind is more focused on what you could get from God more than what you could experience from spending time with his heart, then you've missed it. If you're a parent here and you think of your children, and, and you imagine if, and for some of us, this is our experience, every time your child speaks is what they want. But they don't, let's say, really, imagine if they don't spend that time with you that you really would want to spend with them, how you feel. Imagine from God's standpoint. If every time we pray, it's because we want something from God. It's like we focus more on the gifts more than the giver. And when all of a sudden that happens, our heart starts to distance ourselves from God because our heart, remember, our heart has that little string, right? So it keeps chasing after the treasures we want. When the treasures should be God, but yet we, we're chasing after so many other things. You see, obsession with wealth and the things of the world ruins our relationship with God and with other people. And the Bible refers um, in so many different ways, and we're going to go into this briefly. The Bible refers to us how we could store up treasures in heaven. Okay? We want to make sure that we store up treasures in heaven. And I'm going to even highlight a couple key things that are said in the Bible. And when it said that, it says you will tr uh, get treasures in heaven... Or there's a reward for you to do these things. So if you, I told you to do a little evaluation or inventory of how much stuff you might think you might have in heaven, you could say, like your rewards or your treasures in heaven, these are the actions that God says are, there's rewards with them. 
serving the Lord and his people. When you serve God and also his people, there's rewards that go with that in heaven. You start building your treasures in heaven. Giving to advance God's kingdom. When you give your tithe and offerings and you invest into the work of God's kingdom, we know that there's rewards from God and blessings for being obedient for doing that. Praying and fasting in private. When you pray and fast in private, there's rewards with that as well. When you choose to forgive others, there's rewards and treasures too. Sharing the gospel, when, when you share the gospels, uh, gospel with other people, rewards are given. Now this one we definitely know, when you love your neighbor and when you love your enemy, you know, there's rewards and treasures being built up for you. And of course there's others, but the last one I'm going to highlight is this, enduring insult and persecution for his name's sake. There's rewards and treasures for that. And I know last week, last week was the last week we, we did the breaking up for five minutes to get to know someone else. I just want to let you know, just because we're not doing it officially during the service, we'll bring it back when you, you know, sometime in the future. Just because we're not doing it doesn't mean it stops. The reason we did it for four weeks in a row is so that you could experience loving your neighbor, loving those around you, instead of just, let's say, deciding to walk out, keep after service or before service, get to know those that are around you. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, but we're going to also read it all the way to verse 24. And it says this, we're going to read it again. Do not store up your, for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now Jesus continues here and it's interesting how he focuses on your eyes. Listen up. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, the, if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So right there it says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So it pretty much boiling down, it's like, you know what? What you focus on, with your eyes, what you stare at, what you put attention to is pretty much a lamp to your body. You could fill your life with light or you could end up filling it with darkness. And pretty much when, whatever you focus on is what you give your passion to, what you give your money to, what you give your talents, your skills to, what you give your time to. What are you fixing your eyes on? Are you fixing your eyes on Jesus or are you fixing your eyes on other things that are distracting you? And now Jesus continues. Mind you, he's talking about treasures on earth and then heaven. Then he goes into your eye being the uh, lamp of your body. What you end up fixing your eyes on and what you're focusing your life on really does a chain reaction to the rest of who you are, whether it be filled with light or darkness. 
Then Jesus says something very interesting. He says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both. Because I know up to this moment, some of us, we've been sitting here, it's like, I get it, Carlos, treasures in heaven, but I'm going to build my treasures on earth too. In the back of your mind, you're like, yo, there's nothing wrong with having both. I'm going to have both. But then all of a sudden, Jesus, Jesus knows what we're thinking. Jesus knows what's in the heart of our lives. And all of a sudden, he's like, look, you can't serve two masters. And he, what I love about what he does too, it's not supposed to be close. He's like, you got to love one and hate the other. This isn't about, hey, it's okay to have both. Now, how I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with having nice things is if those things have you. If all of a sudden the material things, your possessions, your money, if they own your heart, then all of a sudden you've missed the mark. And here, just to bring it, it says here, you cannot serve both God and money. That word serve there, if you go deeper into that meaning serve, it means be owned by. Be owned by. It's like if money owns you, you're serving money. If material things own you, you're serving material things. All of a sudden, those things drive you more than God driving you. What makes your heart skip a beat? Is it those things or is it God? As long as you keep God first and you, you chase after him and what he does and says and what he's doing throughout our city and throughout this world makes your heart skip a beat and you're chasing after him, obviously he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you in your life and you're going to have things, but you know that those gifts came from the giver and you're not going to fix your eyes, the lamp of your body on those things. You're going to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And yet you're going to experience the blessings of what he has, but those things can't own you. The moment those things own your heart, you've missed it because ahí va tu corazón bouncing around, chasing after with the string. There goes your heart chasing after the treasures. And Jesus is here, and your heart is going farther and farther from Jesus after the treasures from the world. you got to love one or hate the other, it's your choice. It's that extreme. You either have to hate Jesus or love money or love Jesus or hate money and the material things of the world. And I know even the thought of even just saying that, hate Jesus, we can't hate Jesus. If your heart is chasing after the treasures of the world, the way God see it, it's literally, it's like you're drawing your heart away from him. It's your choice. In Proverbs 4.23, it says this. It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Every person in this room, you're either a giver or a taker. God wants you to have a heart to give. And through this message, I, I'm curious, if you look at your own heart, 
if you know that God has, you could say, a rival of who's king of your heart. Right now, the worship team is coming behind me, and they're going to sing the song, uh, beautiful name that we sang earlier. And one of the verses there says, like, you have no rival. We know God has no rival. But for some of us in this room, you've made a rival um, to God. If you focus your time, your money, your skills, and your talents on something else above God, all of a sudden you've put a rival to God in your own heart. Some of us, we need to go back, back, like even the other song we sang, and remember our first love. Remember how it was when we first encountered God. And if you're here today, and you know, everyone could bow their heads. If you're here today, and you know that your heart is far away from God, and you know that you need to restore yourself, realizing what a beautiful name it is. Not only that God, his name, but just the fact of having that sweet relationship with him. If you're here today and you know that you've put other things before God. And let me tell you, you could be following Jesus for decades and, and, this, and be following other things instead of him. Just because you know about him doesn't mean your heart is close to him. And if you're here today and you know that you've distanced yourself from God. I want you to come forward here at the altar and sing this worship song as a declaration to him. Just declaring to him that your whole heart is his. That he has no more rivals in your heart. That he deserves everything and you will give him everything. You could ask him for forgiveness for chasing after so many things that have distracted you. You could ask him for forgiveness for looking at the gifts more than the giver. You could ask him for forgiveness for wanting to be more of a taker than a giver. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you didn't even know that you could have a relationship with God. You could come forward as well. But for everyone in this room, during this worship song, if you want to make that declaration, we ask you to come forward and do that before God. If everyone could stand now as we sing this song. Holy Spirit, we know you're in this room. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to search our heart even now. That you would highlight the things that need to change, God. That you would examine us, God, and just highlight the things that be, need to be destroyed, taken down, the walls that have to be broken, the things we've been chasing after that we pretty much shouldn't be. We ask you that you would help us align our hearts to be in the same rhythm as yours, that you would change us, transform us from the inside out. We pray even now that this wouldn't be a regular Sunday, but it would be a Sunday that it would be a wake-up call to our walk with you, God. God, that we wouldn't allow ourselves to distance ourselves from you. That we wouldn't allow ourselves to be fooled thinking that we're close when we're not. But that we would chase after you our greatest treasure 
over everything that the world could ever offer. So God, we ask you that you would renew your, your, your pretty much the passion that you have for us within our own hearts, that we would see it, God, clearly, Lord God. Give us our, in our hearts such a, such a passion, Lord God, for your word, for worship, to spend alone time with you. Renew the things that we lost from our first love with you in the beginning. That you would bring us back to remember how sweet it is to spend time with you. We surrender everything to you. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you before you leave.